Welcome to Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. Today we are talking with Britta Britnell from the popular food blog and Instagram page, Food with Feeling. We've partnered with anti-choking device LifeVac to bring you this episode. This is a must-have for parents of small children. You can even use the device on yourself if you're alone and choking. Check out LifeVac.net to see how it works and get 10% off if you use our code, Hadley Park. Morgan, tell us more about Britta. Britta is a full-time food blogger and videographer based out of Portland, Oregon. She has a passion for cooking and creates vegetarian recipes to share with her followers. Her days are spent recipe testing, photographing, and creating food videos for her own blog, as well as major food brands including Target, Bob's Red Mill, and many more. Her videos have been viewed on social media billions, that's with a B, billions of times. So chances are you've seen her hands cooking food before. (laughs) She's also a mother to an almost four-year-old and enjoys taking her daughter out to explore the Pacific Northwest. Britta, Britta, welcome! Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being on here. So, Britta... Yeah, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, we do. We go way back all the it. way to uh, high school wrestling mm-hmm. cheerleaders. Oh, my gosh. I kind of forgot about that when I was thinking about like our history. <gasps> wait, together. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. I thought you guys went to an all girls school. <laughs> oh, no, we did. But the boys school across the street had a wrestling team. And okay. Britta and I were wrestling cheerleaders together until <laughs> I got kicked so off the squad. It's like all a blur. What did it you do? It was senior year. Was it just and like I think, you weren't coming to practice? Or yes. Well, yeah. I'm, okay. No offense to anybody, but nobody was telling me when our practices were. So, Miss, what was her name? I can't remember. It was I don't something with the age. She was the art teacher. The art teacher. She mm-hmm. was so sweet. And then um, I guess I skipped a tournament too. And so she pulled me aside and like reamed me out about missing and she was like and turn in your uniform oh and I was man just like, oh my god <laughs> so i uh hardcore at the Catholic, it was so Catholic, hardcore right? and, and then i had to turn in my uniform and everybody got to keep their uniforms that year i was so pissed oh, because man. i would have kept it for all the halloween parties i, think I still have mine yeah i, I bet you do so I didn't get to keep it and I got kicked off the squad. But yeah, we did go to an all girls Catholic all school, girls in, Catholic school. In Nashville. I randomly was reflecting last night that when my mom was taking me on tours of several high schools, trying to decide where I wanted to go. I don't know how, like I totally forgot about this and it dawned on me. I was like watching some movie where a girl was going to a Catholic school and my mom didn't tell me it was an all girls school. I like walk in and it just like slowly sinks in as I'm looking around and I'm like, there's no boys here. Where are the boys? <laughs> but, oh my yeah, gosh. and I made the decision to go there. I could have gone to one of the other high schools in Nashville, but yeah. So we did, Britta, do you remember this when I think it was Annie, Mary Connell, Christine, and I did a sister act skit for the yeah. talent show and we dressed uh, up as nuns? Yeah. <laughs> so we had fun. Do you, so after, so wait, wait, wait. You after. were run, I mean, was the school run by nuns? Yeah. Well, they're not technically nuns. They're Dominican sisters, but what is that? I think nuns is, nun. is more fun to say. <laughs> yeah. A nun. Okay. So I like have explained this many times. A nun like in the Catholic church, like technically speaking is like a monk who doesn't leave and kind of just like stays in cloister and just prays. A sister is what everyone thinks of as a nun basically, but it's the exact same thing, except they like go out into the world and they like teach, like, teach and do things and like, yeah, okay. you know, 
prophesize. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so I guess you know what I'm segueing to here because after that skit, they're all like, "Oh, Sister Mary Morgan sounds like such a great." name and they were always like planting this seed that maybe it Mm -hmm. might be our calling oh my gosh and then you considered (laughs) becoming a dominican sister which i was like no not britta i know no i mean it wasn't like me at all really in high school but yeah i was there i entered the convent and was there for a whole year as a i was what they call a postulant which is you live there fully you have like no communication with your family and I left kind of right before I would have taken the habit. Yeah. And, and I was like a unicorn because their goal, like they always want to get girls from the high school. And what was interesting is it had been like a long time since girls from the high school that Morgan and I went to <gasps> had entered. And when I entered another girl did, who was a year, ahead, a year or two ahead of us. No yeah. way. Okay, wait, where was this? Like, where do you... So it's all it in Nashville. Oh, yeah. okay. So our high school used to be a boarding school and it was like run by the sisters, like in their convent, like girls would go live in the convent at the boarding school. And then kind of as just like things progressed, they moved the school off campus. It became like a normal high school, non-boarding school. And then what used to be the like boarding school is now just purely the convent. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's beautiful. Um, the convent is so beautiful. I yeah, went over so there beautiful. maybe five years ago to visit and I'd never been. And oh yeah. It was so it's pretty. Really beautiful. Yeah. But I was always so fascinated because they would like give us little peeks yeah. into their lives. It's all very like secretive and mysterious. They're so and, secretive. So and, like, what can you tell us? Yeah. I want to know now, fifteen years later. Yeah, I'm sure that's a whole episode in itself, but I would love to have a little. What's like the best one tidbit you can think of? Well, this is not even like that scandalous or anything, but I think when we were in high school, it would have been, but they drink a decent little bit, like on all holidays and things. No, I mean, not like no one is getting drunk by any means, but they like, well, like I remember there being like big coolers of like beer and wine and you could have a couple at holidays, like 4th of July and Christmas and things. That's so interesting that they can do that. Okay, so did you feel like did you get this calling that was like, you should join the convent? Yeah, it was. So I talked about it on my Instagram recently because of all the things I do on Instagram, people are like so obsessed with this, like that I've been in the convent. It's Um, truly fascinating. Yeah, it it was, it was, um, I thought about starting a podcast just about this, but it was just like, so I went to a Catholic college, which is really what got me. I went to Catholic schools my entire life. But Catholic college is what got me because you're on campus and it was Mm -hmm. like very romantic. I mean, there I was in D.C. and there was just like religious like priests and and nuns and sisters of all different orders everywhere. And the campus I was on was right, like was basically on our campus was a national basilica, which is just like the huge, I mean, like massive cathedral. And so it was just like all very kind of like romantic and I got very swept up in it. And one summer I stayed on campus and I was kind of alone. Like most of my friends went home for the summer and I would, I went to mass every day. I don't want to say out of boredom, but a little bit. And I ran into, I think it was sister Mary Catherine, but it was a T it was somebody who had taught me in school. And it felt like I described it in something that I said on Instagram recently. And it feels really weird to say this, but it felt like running into an ex where it's like, you know, that like, you just, it like kind of takes your breath away and you're like, this is weird. I haven't talked to this person, but we were really close. And that's what it felt like. And so mm. we like got lunch and it was, she was like, oh, we're having this discernment retreat. You should come. So I like flew home to Nashville and went to this retreat. And 
And it's the same thing with being at the convent. Like it's so magical there. Like it's just mm-hmm. like so beautiful. And it is very peaceful. Everything is just like, I got really swept up in it and it was a good year. Like if anything, I, I kind of joked that it was just like this really long retreat where it was like super peaceful and yeah. Well, maybe you just needed that like self-reflection to really yeah. figure out who you so were. So how did you decide not to go through with the whole yeah, everybody always wants a really good story, but there really isn't one. I just kind of, you know, I, I feel like it's almost like if you've ever been in a, like a, if you're dating someone or in a relationship and you're like, I don't know, they're great. I just, it just doesn't feel right. Like it's just yeah. not like, there's not that spark there. And that's how it felt. Okay, I mean, It's different for everybody. Yeah. I've heard people use the term. It ran its course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how it that's was. That's probably a good way to. Which, which was like, it was like a hard time in my life, but, um, you know, it is, it is like a relationship because you're, you enter, like almost everybody enters thinking that they're going to do it forever. Like kind of like getting engaged. I don't want to say getting married, but just like when you're dating someone often, it feels like I'm going to be with this person forever. Yeah, and then, you hoping. know, kind of time goes by and you change and the other person changes and things are just different. And that's kind of what you like thought just, <laughs> there. They weren't what you thought. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely a thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is so oh, fascinating. Yeah. Were you dating anyone when you entered or no? Okay. No. So there was no awkward convo. Which that would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been yeah, so and, awkward. I mean, honestly, they wouldn't let you. I mean, there's a lot that goes. It's like a whole process. Like you can't just enter. It's like a year long process. You have to do wow. like a psychological evaluation. Wow. And like, there's a lot that goes into it. And I mean, one of the things, if you were dating someone, they would be like, well, then you should do then this. Maybe you yeah. need, I've, I've found out that they've, they'll encourage a lot of people that are like, well, if you're dating someone, maybe you should just like, see where that goes and see if you think God is calling you to married life instead of um, like consecrated religious life. And yeah. Okay. After college, like, and after leaving the convent, you went and got like a real job or like, what were you doing? I I wasn't finished with college. So I finished college after the convent, I finished college. And then, yeah, I jumped pretty immediately into like a entry level job working in state government, which is what I got my degree in political science. Um, and like, I kind of went back and forth about going to law school, maybe, which is what I always thought I wanted to do. And yeah, I jumped into this like entry level, like I was basically a secretary and I loved it. It was kind of exciting when the state legislator was in session, but that's only January through about April or May. And then the rest of the year is like just completely dead, like literally nothing going on, hardly any work, but you're there I worked for a state representative. And so basically my job was to like serve his constituents. And I just kind of, I guess you could say got lucky that I was working for a district that was just super chill. Like my phone would ring like once a day and it would just be somebody that like needed help getting their disability. And I would, and really all I was, was a middleman. I would just like email the right person and then they would take care of it. And so that is an easy segue into what I'm doing now, which is I was just like really bored and had a bunch of free time. And so I was like, I'm going to start a blog. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, I think anybody that would maybe dream of doing blogging, but, or any kind of social media influence or whatever, like, yeah, right. But you don't come out of the gate making money doing it. So it's like, yeah, well, I know I really didn't though. Like, I mean, I I would say the first like two years, I really didn't make any money. Um, Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's like you were just blogging thing. and then did you have an Instagram account yet or was Instagram even around really yet? Yeah, Instagram was around and I had an Instagram account, but it wasn't a thing. They weren't tied at the time. Like my Instagram was kind of more personal and the blog was like, I didn't know why I wanted to do it. I just like at the beginning, I would share like 
I'm going on this vacation with my boyfriend and these are the five things I'm going to buy for it. Like it was really ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. It zeroed was just in like, on a thing. Yeah. That, and yeah. blogs weren't really, I mean, blogs were beginning to be a thing. So there wasn't like a blueprint to follow. And I had no intention of it being anything. I was literally just bored and I would share like, Oh, I saw this vlog the other day and here's what I think about it. Like it was kind of just like an online journal really. Yeah. And then every once in a while I would share a recipe and I thought that was fun. I would do like um, food Fridays, I think is what I called it. And I would share a recipe and I just really fell in love with that. And I thought it was really fun. So I would share more and more recipes and I got really into it. And then I discovered that food blogging was a thing. And not only was it a thing, but people were making like really, really good money. Um, and I was like, wow. okay, that's cool. And then I just like dove like deep into figuring that out because I became obsessed with it as like a passion, but also as a kind of way out of what I consider to just be kind of like a dead end job, something that I discovered I didn't really enjoy doing at all. So it would yeah. became like my goal there was to like grow this so that I can like quit my job and do this full time as like a freelancer and blogger. Right. Wow, I remember cool. seeing, I remember seeing a post you made the day you quit your job. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even remember it's what such you an said. Exciting you had, thing. Yeah. had like a picture. It was of your, maybe your old office or something, or I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. I think it was like, yeah, Britta, you go. <laughs> I know. I mean, even I look back on it. Well, because for a year I worked on my blog actually for several years before I quit. And it was just like this dream that never felt like it could happen. Like, I know that there are a lot of people out there that have that dream, whether it's like quitting your day job or even just like having this side hustle to make extra money to be able to like do more vacations with your family or whatever it is. I feel like everybody has that dream and it never, ever felt possible. Like it was like, I went at it full force all the while being like, this is probably not going to happen, but I'm going to try. And so even, even being where I am now is like, I can't. I kind of pinch myself. I'm like, this feels weird. And now my, like, I have several employees that work for me. My husband works oh my for gosh. me full time and it's oh like weird God. and awesome. This is yeah. so cool. Okay. That's you got to awesome. You got to dive in and tell us like step-by-step step here, like how you got to today. And also when did the husband come in the picture? When did yeah, you have right? your, your daughter, like how did it all play out? And did things change? Like once you had your daughter? Yeah. So I said, I had my blog and I discovered that food blogging was a thing. And I remember kind of talking about it. And um, I started my blog the same year I got married. Um, And I remember telling my husband, his name's Steven, that like food blogging is a thing and people make money. And actually what I was, what I originally was going to do is I was going to try and become a food photographer. I wanted to do like, I wanted to do food photography and then kind of have my blog on the side. And that's what I originally started pursuing. And so it was really cool. I wouldn't be where I am without my husband, but he sold, he like went through our house and sold a bunch of things. And if you imagine like we just got married, we're like 25 and we were mostly living paycheck to paycheck. Like we didn't have a lot of extra money really. And so he sold a bunch of things and bought me my first camera. I like bought it off of Craigslist Aww, for like $500 so or something. It was really cool. And I remember at the t- I would have never bought it myself because I remember being surprised. Like, I it, it kind of surprised me how That's much he believed gift. in me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it felt like, oh, he thinks I should do this, and so like, it's not. It was like somebody validating that this could be a that thing. That is amazing. It's not just a fun body, awesome. which support. That yeah. support is so important because it if you really, feel like really you're is. out there treading water by yourself and nobody yeah. believes in you, it's so easy to just give it up. I mean, honestly, I feel really confident I would have never done anything and my blog would probably not exist or it would be like, you know, a lot of other blogs where it's just like 
I wrote a few times on it in 2013 and that would have been it if he had not done that. Like, I don't know if I would have saved and bought myself a camera, which is really cool. And I still have that camera. I'm never going to get rid of it, but um, yeah. So so I got the camera and I just started working at it. And I mean, I was actually thinking about it the other day, just how hard it was. I mean, learning this new art and this like figuring out how, how to manipulate light and how to like where, what angles you want shadows at. Like, it's just, there's so much to it that I had no idea. And, trying to get into like flash photography. And I will say, I kind of, I don't want to say I failed, but I discovered that food photography was not my thing, largely because I don't love working for other people. Like I just wanted to do my own thing and not have someone telling me like what they wanted. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, And so I pursued that and it never really went anywhere, which to me has always been a sign of like, I'm always kind of like, I don't want to say I failed at it, but like, it didn't work out. And I'm really glad because I like the route that I ended up on the path that I ended up a lot better. Um, And so then I just worked on it and kind of figured out, like, it was like, there's these two paths of like figuring out the art of food photography and, and food blogging, but then also the business. I mean, a lot of what I do is just like being smart with like business things and like keyword research and so much of it is very like analytical and so I just slowly figured all of that out and really the thing that allowed me to quit my job was my blog at the time it was growing and it was doing so well but I wasn't really making enough to justify it I think I was making like on a good month maybe three thousand dollars a month but it like wasn't enough to to replace my salary and my benefits because working at the state I had like really good health insurance and I was going to lose that. And that was the hard thing. Like I really needed to make like double my salary to, to justify it. It's so hard and scary. Yeah, for sure. But is that like advertising? Self- yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So it was like a mix of everything, but the major- even now the majority of my income comes from um, display advertising on my blog. And it's, I mean, it's it's basically the same thing. Like if you buy the Food Network magazine, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you pay for it, but they're making their money from the ad. So you flip through, there's a recipe and then like the next page is an ad. I mean, it's essentially my blog. Like it's the same thing. That's how I get paid is I sell advertising and I have like a network that does it all for me. I, I make the money, I make money from the advertising and it's basically like per person. So the bigger your blog is, the more money that you can make because more eyeballs are seeing those advertisements. So is your blog directly linked to your Instagram? Are they like holding hands or is it two separate things? Um, I mean, both really when, when I, cause I do also work with brands when a brand comes to me, usually they want me to do like a, a blog post and then also promote that blog post on social media and talk about their brand on social media. So they go together, but I view them as kind of separate things because they also really are like, I do have a lot of brands that will come just wanting an Instagram post or the new thing, which like, I'm still figuring out is like TikTok and um, that's like a whole new world. I've, I've gotten to like 40,000 there and I'm impressed with myself. That's amazing. Yes. Um, That's amazing. But yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent. So I wanted to quit my job. I wasn't quite making enough. And I just, to a certain degree, got lucky. And I saw this, like, I saw like a door opening in food videography and nobody was doing it. It was a new thing. Only kind of like the top of the top bloggers were doing it. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I actually took a, like a week off from work. It was like during the summer, it was slow. And I just took a week of vacation days and I just sat at home and figured it out. And it was, it was like really the first time and kind of the only time in my life that things just like really fell into place. Like, I feel like it was a lot of, it was luck, but 
I just started doing them. And then I just like left and right. Like I never advertised it. I had so many people that would message me brands and bloggers that were like, can you do that for me? Like, can you do it? Can like, I pay you to do this for me? And it was a new thing. Like it wasn't something that people were really doing. There were like super high end professional videographers out there who charge like twenty, thirty thousand dollars a shoot that obviously mm-hmm. most people can't afford, like, you know, smaller brands and bloggers can't afford. And it just like, it just avalanche. So I had one blogger, her blog is ambitious kitchen. And I still work with her today, almost five, six years later. Um, and she, we still work together and she was like, I, I'm, I want to sign on. Like I did a few test videos for her and she's like, I want five, a, five a month, like basically one every week. And then it ended up being like two every week. And that was enough that I was able to, I was like, all right, this is good. I can quit my job. And I quit my job like ASAP. And I also, I I quit my job when I was three weeks pregnant, which was like, like I just (gasps) found out that I was pregnant. Love it. And then it was like, all right, am I really going to do this? Like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm pregnant and I'm starting a business. Like, this is really crazy, but it was so right. And it felt so right. Sounds like it. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So I quit my job and then it was so I was really lucky to have super easy pregnancy because my like doing videography, like I kind of did that full time. I actually put my blog like a little bit on the side burner to just focus on that. And it I was just on my feet all the time because I was just like in the kitchen cooking things and like filming videos of me cooking things. And had I not had such an easy pregnancy, I would not have been able to do that. (laughs) Yeah, And so it's interesting kind of like tying in everything that your podcast is about. Like I originally was like, this is perfect because I can do this, this business that I at the time had intended to be kind of a side business. And I was going to be a mom. I was like, I'm going to be a mom and have this side business. And then I'll be able to like help support the family. Cause my husband also kind of made an entry level income at the time. Like we could probably have lived off of his income, but we would have needed to like move into a smaller house and like really budget. And um, it wasn't like what we wanted to do. So this was perfect. And then throughout basically like through the course of my pregnancy and then having my daughter, I realized like, I realized a couple things. One of them was that I loved the work I was doing. I was super passionate about it. And I saw a path to grow it into like this really big thing that it's become now. And then I also realized, and I always try and say this lightly and in like a, a way that I hope other women can resonate with. I realized that I was not going to be fulfilled, like just being a mom. Like I adore my daughter and I love being a mom, but I needed this like side thing that I also like really had like a stronghold in. And so that's when we kind of like, we pretty early on decided like, all right, she's going to go to daycare and like, I'll have this more full-time career, which like has, I've loved. So at what point did she go to daycare and did you start doing it more like, full-time did you give yourself a maternity leave <laughs> I yeah I did give myself a maternity leave which was kind of crazy because I didn't want to not get the work done so I basically worked like 60 hours a week in my third trimester which was all oh self-inflicted and I loved it and that right. was the funny thing because I, I wanted to make the money to be able to pay for my maternity leave basically yeah it's one of the hardest parts about working for yourself is like there is no like time off really because you're just like yeah. not working and sometimes not like as a freelancer not getting paid um so she I took like two months off it wasn't a ton yeah. of time but it was a fair amount of time I took two months and then she went to daycare and it's funny because originally we had also intended on daycare just being part-time but they didn't offer part-time we had to pay for full-time 
So we're like, well, we're, we're paying for it. Then she just ended up going full time. <laughs> right. Which is yeah. good for us and nice. And yeah, I think it's so important for moms to be able to feel fulfilled because yeah. it's really easy to feel like you've lost yourself, especially like in those early days. Yeah, for I sure. With both of my kids during the newborn phase, I looked at my husband and I was like, why did I think I could handle this? <laughs> this, this is awful. And, and I see some women do it and I'm like, oh, yeah. But I think that people who make it look easy are just not necessarily being upfront about the struggles yeah. because yeah. everybody everybody yells at their kids sometimes. Yeah. Everybody loses their shit. Everybody is in tears in the shower once in a while. Like it just happens. It's, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And to say it doesn't is a lie. Yeah, Morgan and I yeah. talk about this all the time on the podcast, in person, like moms have to have a thing if it's not a full side hustle or full job or whatever you still have to have a hobby or something that gives you a freaking break yeah (laughs) I joke with my my mother-in-law who I just like absolutely adore I got like the lottery like won the lottery with my in-laws and she was a stay-at-home mom to three boys and I like kind of would joke with her in the beginning of like when I first had my daughter Gemma like how did you do that and it's really cute but so she's English and she has this like adorable British accent. And like, so she fell into like, as her passion, she started writing romance novels, which is really cute for somebody who like was not only like she's married and has three boys, but they're all so like manly and did like boy scouts Ah. and like camping. And it was just like, and so she fell into and does it now in writing romance novels. And she's like a published author author. Way to go mama. I know. Right. That's amazing. I love that too. Yeah, but I agree. Like, you've got to have a thing, even if it's just like, I like painting for fun and nobody yeah, sees yes. my paintings, but it fulfills me. Well, also, it makes it's, you, you've got to have a thing. It makes you not lose your cool when you've had a hard day. You can, like, go do your thing or something. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, your kids need to see you happy. I, I act like Dr. Courtney periodically, yeah. but that's the truth. <laughs> they have to for see sure. you happy. And they also, my theory on the, I think it was our last, one of our last podcast episodes. If they think the world revolves around them all the time, oh my gosh, that's a yeah. problem. Like yeah, they have yeah. to know that you have a life too that is not always all about them. Oh yeah. Right. Like a couple weeks ago, Sam and I went on a date night and we haven't gone on a date in <laughs> a year or two. Yeah. Since COVID, I just haven't wanted to go to restaurants and I'm yeah. finally like, okay, I'm good now. And we had like us, why wait, you're going to dinner the two of you and I was like yeah we're mommy and daddy are gonna have a mommy and daddy night she goes why yeah. why would you why, why would you want to go to dinner without me yeah I was like yeah because you, yeah, believe it or not yeah. I, you know I actually love him and yeah and I I met him before you were born and the reason you're born is because we're together so uh, we're gonna yeah. go out so that we have fun and stay together yeah, yeah. so uh the, I have a 14 year old stepson also and um Dave and I, my husband and I just celebrated our 10 year anniversary and we were going to dinner. Same thing as you, Morgan. But David, the 14 year old is like, so where are we going to dinner? I go, and you're staying home. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I want to hear more about how did you say your husband, you are employing your husband? Yeah, it's so fun and I love it. And one of the things that like I love about my husband is and I mean, maybe all men are this way today and I hope so. But like he's had people ask him before, like, how does it feel working for your wife? And like, how does it feel like I make, I mean, 
he works for me and he gets paid a salary by my company, which is like, which is an S corporation or incorporated. And um, so he has a salary, but at the, at the end of the day, like I make all the money, like he couldn't do his job without me. And, Mm -hmm. and so what's been really fun is, as we've, so right now we have like several different um, revenue streams. And one of them is that we still do freelance videography, but that's something that we want to drop soon. Like, quite honestly, my blog has grown a lot and we don't need the income. It's just, we have like these great relationships with our clients and it is good steady income. So we kept it, especially through COVID, not knowing what was going to happen with advertisers. And so we're talking about dropping it. And our plan for him is he's like basically going to be a stay at home dad, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. husband. Yeah. I love he it. Does, <laughs> he does like all the cleaning. Like he, the only thing he doesn't do is laundry because I just don't like how he does laundry. Um, but he, he does all the cleaning in the house and I love it. But yeah, so he, I, but he's employed, like he's a full-time, technically I'm, my business just has two full-time employees, me and my husband. And then we have quite a few, like I have a lot of like uh, virtual assistants and freelancers that work for me. So at what point did your husband quit his job to work for your company? Yeah. So I would say when my daughter was about a year, my business grew so much from the time that I quit my other full-time job to work on my business full-time. And then from the time that my daughter was like one years, one year old, like it grew so much. And so I got to the point where I was like, I had this long wait list of clients that wanted to work with me and I couldn't, I just didn't have the time in the day or the energy to do it. And so I ended up hiring a kitchen assistant. It was somebody that she would come and basically just like prep all the food when I was doing shoots. And then she would clean up the kitchen and it saved me a solid like 10 hours in my week. And then it was just like, still I needed more. So then I hired essentially a full-time videographer or a full-time editor who would edit everything for me and actually really like editing, but it's about 50% of the work. Like I spend 50% Mm -hmm. of the time doing the shoot and another like 50% editing it. And it's, it was just too much. So then I had hired an editor and that was at the point where we were like, all right, I'm paying, I'm paying a full-time person basically between the kitchen assistant and editor. And then we kind of did the math and we were like, we'll save money. I'm taking a lot of risks with my, with my business, but ultimately I played things pretty safe. Like I probably could have quit my job a lot earlier and, and, and maybe grown things faster if I had just kind of taken the risk. But it was like finding this balance of like, all right, we do have a mortgage and we're wanting to have a baby soon, but also I want to pursue this. So we did kind of this middle ground of like taking some risks, but also being responsible. So we saved up money and then kind of got to the point where we were like, we had like a good few months of savings. So that like, if something crazy happened, at least we had some time to figure some stuff out. And then, yeah, he, he put in his notice. And what's really funny is that he actually got called into his boss's office and they were going to offer him a promotion. And no. he was like, actually I'm quitting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, which was really fun. Um, yeah. So and funny. so he quit all, I think three and a half years ago now. So he's been with me full time three and a half years. And people always ask like, how is it working together? Yeah. And it was, it's been really great up until like COVID where it was just like, so we are together kind of all the time. Cause like we live together and we parent together and we work together, but then COVID hit and it was like the, the escapes that we had from each other or like, just there. like the, they're yeah. gone. They weren't there anymore. And we moved cross country where we, we knew quite a few people, but not that many. Like I don't like having yeah. you know, like people I went to high school and college and everything with. So it's been hard, but like it's opening back up now. Thank goodness. And so wait, you moved yeah. cross country during COVID. So this is a new we moved town in, d- in November of 2019. So we had like three months before COVID hit and we wow. were like, Oh, this is perfect. It's winter. We'll just like let all the like Portland rain pass. And then 
March, April, we'll go out and explore Portland and do yeah. all the things once we're settled in and then COVID hit. And it, Why Portland? Yeah. We just wanted to, we lived in the South most of our lives and we wanted to experience something different. And we both had, a, we had like a surprising number of friends here that had moved here. Yeah. His best friend from high school lives about an hour from Portland and we just loved it here. And so we were like, let's just go experience something different and just, you know. That's awesome. I have on a cousin a that lived in Portland for a, quite a bit of time and he yeah. loved it. Yeah. I actually love it more than I thought, especially like I love the weather more than I thought. It is pretty rainy in the winter, but then the summers here are just like so beautiful compared to coming from Nashville where it's just like, you just don't it's want sticky. to be outside in the summer. And yeah. here, like, even on the hottest day, it's still just nice and it's enjoyable to be outside. And that's been really, that's been like a surprising, like my, like one of my favorite things, surprisingly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. I have so many questions. This is just fascinating <laughs> to me. Okay. So when he, if you all are able to pull the plug and let him you know, do the full stay at home dad responsibility. Will he do anything anymore for your company? Yeah, he definitely will. So I have like six different BA, like virtual assistants that work for me right now that they all kind of specialize in different things. So I have somebody who helps me do like search engine, like Google research and somebody who helps me do some writing for like longer blog posts. And then I have somebody who specializes in email management. So she handles like sending out my email newsletters and like writing those and just like compiling all of it. And then, yeah, and there's like a lot of little things. So you're like a um, boss bitch. I mean, you are I, like the yeah. HBIC. <laughs> I mean, one thing I've really learned is- I love like, that. Do, do what you're good at and not what you're not. So like, it's like one of the biggest turning points in my business is when I learned mm-hmm. to just like let go of those things. Delegate. that Either I hated or write, like I hate writing and I hate like sitting down to write the blog post. Like my favorite part is like creating the recipe, photographing it, doing a video for it. And like, sometimes I've put like 15, 20 hours into a blog post before I've even written it. And then I go to write it and I'm just like, over it. And so that's one of my favorite things that I've outsourced that I pay someone to do is write them. And I love her. She's like, does such a good job. She's a food blogger also. So she understands like how a food blog post should be structured. And yeah, so when my husband, when we drop our client work, he'll take on a lot of those tasks that I've outsourced that I'll kind of train him to do. And our goal is that he would work like 15 to 20 hours a week for me. And then just kind of have time. Like it's, we're in this really like awesome place that I know I'm so lucky to be in where our goal, my goal kind of is like, starting like we've been trying to just work like four days a week and my goal is like next year to only work like three 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 like max of four days a week and then just like enjoy life like that is my style man so much so much of getting my business to where it is honestly was like there was a point where I literally said to myself I was like you're not gonna have a life and I didn't like my only free time like I spent with my daughter or my mm-hmm. husband. And then and I kind of didn't have a life. I'm very, I'm very exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just like the past, so like this year has been the first year where we've like really, like we just like take random days off and go like sit at a sit, go out and have lunch and like have drinks with lunch and then just come home and do nothing. And it's really yeah. nice. And, and that's been nice also having our daughter at daycare is we're able to have this like alone date time date. where, yeah, we, we do date, date everything we so do fun. is like day dates. They really are. So 
So I yeah, think part I learned, of her goal is just, just learned, like live a little more. Yeah. Yes. I learned that philosophy from my dad who was a songwriter. I guess he's yeah. still technically a songwriter, but that's not that. a yeah. conventional job, you know? Right. So for when I was growing up, we actually had a beach house in South Carolina and he worked it out with his publishers where he took the summer off and we would that. spend the entire summer living at the beach i mean it was this tiny little beach town it, yeah. it sounds like this glamorous life it was like a 1200 square foot house on stilts that i think they paid like hundred and twenty thousand dollars for yeah. at the time but it was like i have such good memories of that as a kid that yeah. we go back there every summer and to your point like life is too freaking short that's been my motto lately, for sure. I mean, and I, I can say, because like I can talk about it openly now, but I earlier this year had like a really intense like bout of anxiety. But like for the first time in my life, it was it was nothing. Like I was like, why am I anxious? Like I don't have like a big project coming up. There's no reason to be anxious. And I think it was just like pure overwork. But it was like mm -hmm. debilitating anxiety that I've never had before where it was like I couldn't work. And it just, it forced me. Like I just like, I took, I ended up taking several weeks off where I was still working, but I was doing the bare minimum, basically just getting like client stuff done that I'd kind of like agreed to do. And yeah. it was really good for me. And it's changed my perspective on things lately where I'm very much like, I love what I do. And I know I'm so lucky to have that, but it also, it's hard when your hobby becomes your, becomes your mm -hmm. full-time job and then it becomes a job and I still love it, but I'm trying mm -hmm. to find this like great balance of just like living my life. But that's what we want to do something like that. Like, like I would love to take summers off or just, yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to give you a little dose of reality here um, for those listening too, because they can't see you. Uh, you're like in your early thirties. Like this girl <laughs> is not like, some 50 year old woman that is like been busting it for 25 years to get to this point. You've been busting it hardcore, obviously. Yeah. What are you talking about? For, Britta is not a day uh, over 29. <laughs> and right. neither and am I. I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, even better, even more to the point. Yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, I think that what is incredible about what you're saying is you have worked so hard in a very concise amount of years though, really. Yeah. And you're in your early thirties talking about basically having the goal be in a very short future from now, like that you're only going to work maybe yeah. three days a week. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like a lot of people like, semi retire. Yeah. At like 40, 45. Yeah. It's been like, not to get like too philosophical with you, but this like really fun evolution of realizing, <laughs> um, you know, like you, you grow up and you're like, all right, as soon as I get to high school, I'll be cool. Then I'm going to go to college. College will be amazing. And then your goal in college is to like graduate and get a job. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to get married. Okay. The next thing is have kids and then it's career. And I just reached this point somewhat recently where I was like, well, shit, I've checked off every box. And I'm yeah. like, you said, like I'm in my early thirties and it's like, well, what now? And you always thought like that was the destination. Like once yeah. you get there, life is perfect. Everything's good. You're great. You'll have some bad days. But that's it. And I kind of realized, and it's been like, an evolution is like, you don't just arrive someplace like life yeah. kind of like is the, the all of life and mm -hmm. it never necessarily gets easier. And I don't mean to say that to be discouraging, but in a good way of like, I realize like, there's no just like end point where you're happy. It's not like, all right, I arrived at happiness. It's more yeah. just like, and I've discovered, which is kind of a fun thing 
that like it's the little things like having a super successful career or like having like living in an awesome house or like having I just bought like kind of my dream car and like Yay! yeah I'm excited to have it but it's not like it doesn't make make me a happier person at the end of the day really like yeah it's just like the little things like going on a walk with my daughter like that truly is like what happiness is and that's been like a fun yeah. new revelation that I've been like going through in I life think lately you're absolutely yes. right and people spend so much time thinking yeah. I hate it when people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I don't you know where I'm going to be in five years. I have literally no way to predict, especially like my husband's in the army. I definitely oh, know I forgot about that. Yeah. In five years. So I want to like enjoy now. Also, yeah. I've had family members who have had cancer. My two nephews mm -hmm. have between oh. the two of them have had cancer four times. Oh, my God. Like nothing puts life in perspective. For you more than watching a child try not to die oh my God. so yeah <laughs> five years like yeah i want to enjoy today because today is not even promised you could die in a car accident leaving work or whatever like just enjoy your life yeah and it's good to know i think because like I, there were just so many times in my life where i felt not necessarily unhappy but it felt like all right, I'm so close. As soon as I reach that place, like as soon maybe as I'll like my blog then. has grown to this, yeah, maybe I'll be happy then. And it, I don't mean to say it negative. I think it's a positive to be like, you don't need any, like you can just be happy now. It's like, yeah. it's in, you just have to do it. Like I've kind of learned, like you just have to make yourself happy. <laughs> like you just do it. I think there's a phrase that goes around Instagram. I've seen a lot, like choose joy. Yeah. Just choose, find happiness yeah. in the little and things. Honestly, for the longest time, I rolled my eyes at that kind of stuff. And I rolled my eyes at people that were kind of like overly like positive and I kind of hated it. And I've discovered like all those little cliches, like just meditating or like praying, if that's your thing, like 10 minutes mm -hmm. a day and just those little things like get outside, like you need to spend time outside. Like those are the things that in the end are what actually like have made me a happy person, which is so yeah. interesting. And they're cliches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're true. And it's like almost basically all things that require no money. And, right. you know, there is something to be said. There's like a lot of studies that have been done, you know, like having issues with money, like does cause like a lot of strife in relationships and yeah. in your life, it's hard, but I, yeah, you don't need like a lot of it for sure. Yeah. Money can't buy happiness, but it certainly, do you know that country mm -hmm. song? It can buy me. Certainly helps. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, not being financially yeah. strapped makes me happy, but yeah. I don't, I don't think there is an amount of money that would make me like, oh, I'm happy because I have $10 million. Yeah. Like that I mean, doesn't right. equate happiness for me. To be perfectly honest, like I have, like I make more money in my blog than I ever imagined. Like I never imagined that I would have as much money as like my blog is making now. And yeah, I mean, I still kind of found, uh, yeah, I've definitely discovered like mm -hmm. there's no amount of money that could make you happiness that could make mm -hmm. you happy or like buy happiness for sure. Mm-hmm. So what does your daughter know about what you and your husband do oh gosh, and what so does funny. she think of it? She, okay. So she is about to turn four and I don't think she understands it at all. Like she's never really asked us what we do. Like, I think, honestly, I think she thinks that we just are parents. Like we just stay home and she goes to school and we're just like at home all day. And we yeah, kind of tried right. to explain it to her, but she just, I think she tells people that like I cook for a living, which is true. Um, yeah. So people probably just like think I'm a chef, but You're yeah. Chef. Well, you are a chef of yeah. sorts. Yeah. yeah so do sure. you come up with all of your recipes on your own? <laughs> yeah, I have hired, I tested hiring that out. Like I actually found this really awesome baker in Nashville when I was still there. She works at um, Baked on 8th. 
which is an oh, awesome yeah. Nashville degree. Oh, and yeah. she helped me develop some, cause like baking is so hard. Cause it's like, if one little thing goes wrong, like if when you're, while you're testing it, if one thing goes wrong, it's like, well, let's like adjust the baking soda. And if that goes wrong, you're like, well, then let's try this. Sometimes you can just like bake cookies 10 times and still not get them right. So she helped me out a little bit. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I come up with everything. And well, speaking of baking, my favorite part of your Instagram or blog or whatever oh it is, God. is your drunk baking. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I followed you for years and I've, yeah. I swear to God, the food, the pictures you post are like, make me salivate. I mean, I know it's like, it's so gross no. to say, but I'm like, Oh, this is so it's like my good. ultimate goal. I've succeeded. And you have. Yes. And then of course I don't go and make any of them. I just yeah, the pictures does. and get hungry. <laughs> yeah. And then you started the drunk baking, which I, love it is my favorite part it's such a funny thing um so so drunk baking arose at the very beginning of quarantine when it literally was like I was I was literally in my kitchen I was I was like tipsy I probably had like three (laughs) drinks and I was gonna record a quick Instagram story so I like set my phone up and I was basically just gonna like I was gonna not be drunk like I was gonna tell people I was drunk and I was just gonna be like hey like I'm making these cookies like don't they look yummy and I was trying to record it and it was in the middle of, um, it was the beginning of presidential primaries and both my husband and I are very political. Like we love politics and we follow it. And he like would not shut up about like politics. And so like, I tried recording it like three times and every recording he was in the background, just like talking about like Bernie Sanders (laughs) and like, he just like, wouldn't be quiet. And so the joke, I like joked, I like muted it. And then I put this like text that was all misspelled and like all wrong because I was drunk. And I was like, oh my gosh, my husband won't shut up. And I'm trying to bake cookies and I'm just really drunk. And I, I just want out of the house so bad. And then I followed it up with a few more stories. And I woke up the next morning to like hundreds of messages of people being like, just like, <laughs> I've never We're really been a, Britta's yeah, I've never really been a comedian necessarily. Like I've never been like <laughs> the funny guy or anything. And so then it just became a thing and I would do it. Like I go through phases where I'll do like a couple in a month and then like six months will go by, but, yeah, but I get Britta, like you a little this deadpan thing. <laughs> your your comedy is like the deadpan which is hilarious so and i love your drunk baking it makes me yeah it's so been hard. fun so every once in a while i just get a little drunk and bake and i have learned not to plan it like i try and just make it very pure like i'm just yeah. like i've had a few drinks and i want something to eat and i'm gonna bake and sometimes it gets political <laughs> and, and now sometimes is- i answer random questions is marijuana legal mm-hmm. in portland mm-hmm. so have you ever done high baking I usually have always had some of some marijuana in my system at the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was like one of the things I was most excited. I will tell you that marijuana, like weed, it's like not nearly as fun when it's legal. Like when you move here, I was like so excited and I was like, Oh, I can just buy it. It's like, it's like on every corner. You can buy it at these really, the dispensaries are like really fancy and nice. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you ever do like edibles? I don't like edibles because they take so long to kick in. And then I looked into baking them at one point and I just, it's a very involved process. Like you don't just like throw some weed and brownies, which is honestly what I thought for the longest time you have to like activate it. And when you do it, like you're, you're, you like bake weed. And so then your house is going to smell like disgusting. And I definitely don't want that. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. But you usually do like vegans, uh, baking so I was vegan 
mostly vegan when I got pregnant. I've never given up eggs, but I was mostly vegan when I got pregnant. And then I just like hardcore craved red meat. Like I, I can't explain it. I just like couldn't make you it through my pregnancy. Without a, I might have been, but I just like needed it. And mm-hmm. then, so now I consider myself flexitarian. Like I love it. I've actually like like, this week, I've only eaten meat once, but it's like my husband loves meat. So it's usually like if he cooks dinner, he usually cooks meat. And when I cook, it's That's like a vegetarian. Yeah. And I just consider myself flexitarian. Like I just, it, which feels really good to me. Like I don't have any rules and I mostly eat vegetarian, but I, I don't know. Like I love eggs and I love cheese and I don't know if I'll ever give those up. And when I find a good substitute, I love those. Like there are a few vegan cheeses that I really like. And like, I love doing vegan baking and like leaving eggs out, but like, just like I love a fried egg and I don't know if I'll ever give that up. (laughs) Right. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's no way you can possibly test all your recipes before you put them up there. Oh yeah. Can you? No, definitely. I I do. Yeah. Like, you do? Yeah, there are some. You test I have some How do you have enough time in no, the day? So much. Did you like find an extra day? Right. Um, I do. I we try. I try and test a lot. Um, like for dinners, like I'll just know that I'm going to make something. And then I'll be like, I'm at this really fun place now where I've made everything at this point. So like there are a lot of things like next week I'm going to be photographing a tofu fried rice. And I'm not really going to test it because like I've made fried rice a thousand times. And I've, I've actually have tested this one. But like that's an example You're of one good. where like. Like I I have like several (laughs) fried, like vegetable fried rice recipes on my blog already. I'm basically just throwing tofu in. Um, And then like, I have a lot of muffins. Like I have a a really famous muffin recipe that everyone loves. And every once in a while I'll do that. And I'll just like add blueberries in. And I'm like, I don't need to test this. Like if I'm swapping chocolate chips off for blueberries, like it doesn't necessarily need to be tested. Um, But I I tested it like a hundred times before posting the original recipe. Um, Yeah. So it depends on what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. So how frequently do you post? Three times a week is the goal. And sometimes it's like... On Instagram or on blog? On my blog. So it's basically like three new okay. recipes a week. Usually wow. it looks like five because I'll update old recipes, like give them new photos or just kind of like add some extra information in there based on like testing it some more. And then Instagram, Instagram used to be once a day, but Instagram has been kind of fickle lately. And it's, it's been like a mental health thing for me to like take a step back from Instagram a little bit. And so it's like my goal is once a day, but I think it's probably, I end up posting there like five times a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. And then all of that is a lot. It is. Yeah. But you have a lot of followers on there. I mean, I've kind of just been watching you grow over the years. I'm like, holy cow. It's been really fun. Video is most of it. So that's when you asked earlier, I was going to say video is like, like I got into video early. And so it's when Instagram first rolled out videos, it's one of the first people doing them. And so that's like a lot of my growth came from Mm -hmm. kind of being like an early adopter. And same thing with like reels. I was kind of late to TikTok, if you will. Like all last year, I kept saying I was going to do TikTok and I didn't really jump on that bandwagon until like this year. Um, and then what's fun is like, if I create a TikTok, you can just kind of use it as a reel. It's like the same yeah. thing. And so like reels have yeah. really helped me grow too. So we learned, we, uh, in- interviewed an influencer who her handle is the Southernish mama. And she was talking about the algorithm and how the reason reels do so well is because Instagram essentially rewards you for time spent on a post, which is so interesting. Yeah. How I, I don't understand the algorithm yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you post something new, yeah, exactly that. If you post something new, 
if somebody watches it all the way through, as opposed to only watching the first five seconds, that's like a cue to Instagram, like, all right, they really like this. If they watch Mm -hmm. it a second time, that's like a huge cue. If you click the save button or the share button, that's like another cue. I kind of just see it as like points, like a a post can have like, well, this one only a bunch of people only watched it five seconds and then like didn't save it or didn't share it. So it only had like five points, but then this one, like a hundred people saved it and a hundred people commented it. So it's got like 200 points and, you know, they kind of have this scale. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you've done food. I don't know if it was videos or stills or what for Target and Bob's Red Mill. And how did these big companies find you? Um, Target. Or did you find them? It's both. Target was a really fun one. It was through one of my existing blogger clients. She had a connection there. So we kind of hooked it. Like I do all of her videos and they were like, we love your videos. Can you do videos for us? And she was like, well, I'll pass you off to my videographer. Um, And those were really fun. And that kind of felt like a dream, like pinch moment of like, I'm doing like, I'm like doing vi- videos for target that they're posting for all over target. their social media. Yeah. That, that one was fun. so cool. Um, and in your house, were you doing it or did you have to go somewhere? I have a studio in my house. And so I do everything from okay. in my house. I've, I've gone on location a few times and it's just like, not my thing. Like I pretty much do all of my work solo. Like even when on the days where my husband's prepping, he like preps everything in the kitchen and I usually put my headphones in and like blast music. So it like feels like I'm alone. And that's like how I work best. It's kind of just like in my own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. (laughs) I can't like write if my husband is right outside the door. It just feels like there's somebody listening in on my thing. Okay, so you have been so fun to talk to. Yeah. I am loving getting to know one of Morgan's old friends, so and <laughs> just I love it when you know you get to see somebody's path and how far they've come. And just girl, you've done it. No, I'm yeah. so proud you're of you, Britta. You are Thanks. just you're so amazing. <laughs> I have to take I have to take a step back sometimes myself to like remind myself how proud I am of myself you, you should, should be, be really yeah. proud of yourself um but just to keep it real we always do a couple sections mm-hmm. at the end here of month or sh- i love it my kids mm-hmm. say do you by chance have any yeah i was trying to of think your of favorite these. mom fails or are you really just so perfect well all the time? oh my gosh and then no. you can just um, we can just hang up on you <laughs> my biggest thing and it's funny because we talked about this at the beginning a little bit but my my i I used to, I cussed a lot. And then when my daughter was born, we kind of realized like, all right, we can keep cussing because she's a baby, whatever. And then when she was like one ish, we were like, all right, we've got to rein this in a little bit. But my daughter cusses quite a bit now. And she, it was the funniest thing is that she uses the words the most appropriate times. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell her not (laughs) to use the word, but like inside I'm like, good job. That was like, you use that word so nicely. (laughs) But like, she just like all the time, she'll like her biggest thing and her teachers mentioned it a couple of times is, and Uh-oh. I don't think she knows she's cussing, you know, some kids will cuss and then they're like, they like give you the side. Yeah. She yeah. like, it's just a word to her. She's like, she I don't know. My mom says it all the time, but she says a lot. Like she drops mm. and she's like, oh, like she'll drop her book or whatever. She's like, uh-huh. she, she always goes. Oh, damn. And so like, is, so there's yeah. not really a God in there. So it's just, a yeah. Oh yeah. It's just the, it's yeah. Um, she said the F word a good <laughs> few times, which I think only at home in every, it's funny too. Cause her, when it, like the few times her teachers mentioned it, she like laughed and she was just like, FYI, like, it's funny. Um, oh well, God. so what yeah, I had I to teach it. Hadley, cause I also have a sailor mouth is that you just can't say it 
outside the house. That's that's exactly what I tell her. And but Hadley's like, no, I don't want to cuss at all because oh, that's bad. <laughs> Good girl. Yeah. But when she was when she was Gemma's age, she used to say, well, well, when I grow up, I can say bad words. Yeah. Like, yes, that's true. Yeah. I I know we've kept you long, longer than we said we would, but it's because it's so fun to catch up with you. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the podcast. We encourage everybody to go check out your blog and your Instagram. Food with feeling feeling and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. (laughs) I'm having fun there. I feel like an old lady, but I'm having fun. That's because most of the TikTokers are about 17. 11 or something. Right. Maybe 11. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Well, thanks again. We wish you all the best. Thanks, guys. Bye, Britta. That was so fun catching up with Britta. I have legitimately known her, I think, since I was 14. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah. So Britta's drunk baking getting her drunk high baking all the like makes me think of our song another bottle of wine very appropriate song (laughs) we were both pregnant when we wrote it i was super early pregnant and i don't even know if i had told you yet yeah also sign of definite pregnancy is how whacked our lyrics are in this song the manatee how that dolphin on her back looks more like a manatee We were hormonal and... I have a vivid imagination. Well, it made for one hell of a cheating song. And what a journey this song has taken us on from airplay on Sirius XM's The Highway to Netflix, uh, The Ranch. Yeah. I love it. I love what fun this whole song has been. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy another bottle of wine. Well, I could tell you about him cheating and how I stood there while she was screaming out his name beneath my Egyptian cotton sheets and I could tell you how she's much younger and how she laughs and tells him he's a good lover now that dolphin on her back looks more
could tell you just to call you and while this damn nosy neighbors involved you but there's no need to waste those shiny cuffs on me to subscribe to our podcast Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies and leave us a review. Check out our merch and join our mailing list on wearehadleypark.com and finally hop over to lifevac.net and get an anti-choking device for your house. 10% off with promo code HadleyPark. That's it for today. See See you next time. time.